I just yeah. saw a video of a clip where um, Krista Freeland was talking to Trudeau from a while ago about how in Canada it's so upsetting now that your education and your work history are less likely to get you a job than just what the job your father had was. And so it was pretty funny to see her talking about how it's that's not Canada if you just get a job based on what your father's job was. Huh. So that made your your cushy lib liberal senator usual answer. Wow. Yeah, uh, well, made me I, think I, of that. I guess maybe I am then like a, a retired liberal cabinet minister because my daughters um, are falling in my foot. I mean, they're. they're paramedics and uh you know it wasn't because i encouraged them to do that i mean in fact i said look find something you love do you know like this is not a job for everyone i almost discouraged them from following in my career steps i mean i'm, I'm super proud but uh uh yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm sorry christia freeland i am for being who i am and for making an impact and my daughter's lives, I guess. I, is that what I'm supposed to be feel sorry for? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I didn't do it justice. I'll have to link the, the clip or something. Yeah. Um, so today we wanted to talk about intellectual property. Um, yeah. You know, we touched on it a bit when we were talking about objectivism, because it's kind of where there's a difference between your you know beliefs and theirs. But I want to dive into it, because I don't really know you know, I have I haven't really thought about it that much, but I, I'd like to kind of formulate my thoughts on it as well, because, um, you know, whether it's copyright or trademark or patents, right, it's basically someone comes up with an idea and, the, and they're first or, or in some cases right now, they just file the patent first um, and then it's mm -hmm. theirs and it's either theirs, depending on what it is, it's theirs for a certain amount of time. Um, right. I think that's the the most basics of it but i'd love to hear your your thoughts on intellectual property yeah and it, you know it's been a while since i've uh studied this the, the guy who who is kind of the the expert on this is an uh intellectual property lawyer named stefan kinsella who's also uh, a hardcore libertarian and he wrote a book uh about intellectual property it's free online i encourage anyone to read it and that that book changed my mind i used to be uh, hardcore Randian on this and think that while people shouldn't steal your ideas and um, and that ideas are, are somehow property or information is property or patterns or property or something like that. Um, and, and he just changed my mind. I mean, um, and, and helped me think more clearly about about this. Right. Because the, the thing I could never quite figure out is, OK, I don't want anyone to copy my idea or to copy my work um and so uh but how long does that extend to you know does it extend till i die or does it uh does it you know is it just kind of an arbitrary number like i think rand had some arbitrary number that she said whether it was 25 years or 17 years and then they can run out well on what principle how do you how do you like again objectivists here seem to delve away from principle and axioms to pragmatism, right? Well, we just can't have these principles without government supporting them, right? So we need government. Okay, but up until now, you've pointed out that <laughs> all your 
that, that everything ought to be based on principle. And now you're saying that your argument for government is that you can't enforce these principles without it or something. And, and it's kind of the same with, with IP. It's just like, well, that's just kind of the pragmatic point at which they ought to run out or something like that. But, well, but so I'm, I'm trying to figure out, yeah, what the principles would actually be for intellectual property, because, sure. you know, it makes sense that if I do come up with, I think it's a, an interesting kind of spectrum around what type of intellectual property, right? If I design right. a physical logo and it's my design, that's yeah. that's not a physical thing someone can steal from me. They can just copy it. So like if I design yeah. something, is that my property? It's 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 a novel design, you know? And um, But then on the other right. side, you get like a drug compound or, or like just the knowledge about something that's, you know, yes. we spent, uh, maybe I spent half a billion or a billion dollars researching a better drug compound. And as soon as I do, anyone can reap the benefits of that. So those are like the two extremes of the spectrum, in my opinion, because one is pure knowledge that I spent a lot of money on. And one is almost no money, but it's a, a sort of uh, almost physical thing. Right. Yeah. So I think the first thing to understand is that uh, the the term intellectual property is fairly recent. It, it was, you know, it's kind of like the Department of Defense. It used to be a more accurate name called the Department of War. And intellectual property used to be called intellectual monopoly because that's what it is. It's not actual property. It's not physical property uh, or material property that you would appropriate in nature and or trade with someone and make your own. It's, uh, it's, uh, and in fact, and so it's a monopoly. Um, that the government grants you. Uh, and what that means is that basically no one can compete with you, right? So, um, so, so property as, as I understand it, is um, a rivalrous resource in, the, in material reality. Uh, that, so, so it's a resource that you, you or I might have a dispute over um, that is scarce, basically. Um, like there's, there's one of it. And if uh, either I can have it or you can have it, but we both can't have it. Mm. And so we need some need. And so this is where disputes arise, right? Historically. And property rights are a way of uh, understanding who gets the right to own or control a resource, uh, a material resource. And so if I go out in nature and it's unowned property uh, and I cr cut down some trees and make a log cabin, I say that that cabin is mine, the material uh, materials, you know, that, that, that is mine. You can't come along and claim that. Mm. Um, now, if you go out in nature and cut down some trees and another patch of unowned property, um, and, and build a cabin, that's exactly the same as mine. Um, you know, you, you, did you steal anything from me? Did you take anything away from me? No, you simply copied something you saw, a pattern you saw and, and, you know, arranged your own property in this in a similar fashion, right? And mm. so, what intellectual uh, monopoly then is is the government comes along to the guy who who's, who built that, that log cabin in the exact same way I did, and says, "Well, no, you can't do that because we're giving Tim uh, a monopoly on that particular pattern. No one else can use that pattern without Tim's permission." So you, you have to take your cabin down and rearrange it in a different way. Um, and, and that's essentially what uh, intellectual monopoly is. And, and so that is 
by my standards, a property rights violation. You have violated someone's property rights. He is has his own material that he appropriated legitimately and justly under Lockean homesteading principles that any objectivist or libertarian would agree with. But now uh, there are guns being pointed at him, telling him that he can't arrange it in a particular pattern because that's Tim's pattern. Tim owns that pattern. Yeah. I, I don't own patterns. I don't own arrangements. I don't own, um, you, you know, you don't, you don't own information. That's it, the thing. Information is not a rivalrous resource. It, it's, um, it is, uh, you know, once you let it out to the world, it's out there. Like, I can't unsee what I saw. I can't unhear what I've heard. And I can't unthink what I, I thought when I saw your cabin, right? And so so it's in my brain now. It's kind of my property, in a sense, because it's in there, right? So yeah. I haven't taken anything away from you by stealing your powder. Now, now the arguments that people will make then have relate to pragmatism right because they say well look um you know if if i own a pizza shop or something like that i I just i have this brilliant idea that pizza i bring it over from italy and i'm like yes north americans are going to love this and i'm going to open up a pizza restaurant and and i'm going to make millions because everyone in in this whole city are going to come and i'm the only one making pizza well of course i would make more money if people didn't copy my idea right if i didn't have competitors pop up who uh, also open up a pizza shop now what if the government granted why why couldn't the government grant me an intellectual monopoly so that um so because what other people will say then is well if the government doesn't grant me intellectual monopoly here uh i'm gonna lose money right so in a sense it sounds like there's there my competitors are stealing something from me. Well, that requires thinking that you're entitled to customers coming in to your restaurant, right? Um, yes, your your business is going to be affected by competition. You're going to figure out how to. You're going to have to figure out how to adjust for that. Uh, you know, but that, that's what the free market is. Um, you and know, that, we don't stop competitors. That's a good example. And so uh, my brain went to a bunch of places while you were talking in terms of different like. Uh, fringe examples, let's say, but in line with that one is like, you know, Albert Einstein, if he could patent his intellectual work, um, you know, and, and only people who he licensed with um, the, the right to use his equations, right? Um, I mean, that's a pretty extreme example, but that's intellectual work as well. And yours, yours is a good example too. Okay, I'm, I'm bringing this idea and I'm opening a physical presence with it. What is the balance? And you know, those might both seem like farcical cases, but what is the difference between either of those and, you know, something more standard, like creating right. a logo or something like that? I think in my mind right now, it's just like what I'm used to, it seems, right? But yeah. it still seems odd to me, you know, like, I guess there's a big thing around brand association. Like, I'm really stuck on the right. logo piece, sure. right? Like Nike, should anyone just be able to I mean, it's just a check mark, right? Yep. As well, but should anyone be able to rip off any logo and just print yeah. whatever they want with any logo and like that kind of stuff? Well, that, you know, well, 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 people do, right? I mean, you can go to Mexico or on vacation to any third world country. You can buy Oakley sunglasses and Nike shoes, right? Obviously, they're yeah. not real Nikes. They're not real Oakleys. Um, you know, and and people, some people buy them, right? Now, does that harm or or does that 
cut into Nike's profit share or market share or something, maybe a little bit, but they see it still seem to be doing all right despite that, right? Because people know that they, they've got cheap knockoffs on their feet or on their head, right? They're not, not real. And, yeah. and there's something about that authenticity of that, that the real thing, right? And so you know that there's a bunch of counterfeits out there or, or people portraying themselves as, and so, um, and so on so the it's, one it's hand, important to build up the brand itself and people, the right. reason a logo is powerful is because it's associated with right. the brand and most people if would people want are, that if, anyways. If, if people are copying your brand, uh, then that means you're doing something successful. It's, it's an indicator and of success to me. It's also free advertising, right. right? If someone's wearing a Nike knockoff, they're still advertising Nike, right. for example. Right. And, right. and uh, I'll also say this. Now, I do think that there is a crime being had if someone is selling you uh, these counterfeit shoes or these knockoff shoes and portraying them as actual Nikes, right? Like this but is how, how is made by Nike uh, because but, that's, that, that's fraud, right? Right, so but so, they don't have to necessarily like... That they don't have to necessarily say that, right? It's kind of implied, right? It's That's implied. Where, Everyone right? knows that if you're buying a, a, a shoe with a swish and like the the stitching is all janky or, you know, you're buying those sunglasses and the, the you so, know, the shades already starting to rub off on them. And so I think that's the important point around logos yeah. is like, is allowing people to rip off logos inherently fraudulent? because they're claiming their product is associated with some other brand right. that actually yeah. is like. Yeah. And so my, so, so the, the thing that I would worry about there is not like trademark infringement or something like that. The thing I would worry about there is fraud is fraud present here. Well, that depends on a number of things, right? I mean, the, does the consumer have a reasonable expectation to think that that's uh, uh, an authentic Nike? If uh, I'm in uh, right? Beijing. Yeah, if I'm in Beijing, no, I probably don't have a reasonable expectation to think that. Now, if the store owner comes out and brings me some kind of certificate of authenticity and swears up and down that they're real Nikes, okay, yeah, I've got a fraud case there. You know, the, that guy owes me $2 in damages for the $2 I spent on these shoes that uh, I thought were... Yeah. Right? So if I want to take the trouble to go to court, but obviously I think it's it's more risky when it gets to other areas of fraud in that case. Right. If people are claiming, um, uh, I don't know, even even let's use government like a, an elevator license. Right. If, if there's no uh, trademark on some logo. But I guess I think we're getting a little fringe here. Well, I wanna, yeah, I, but, but it, it is and it isn't. But I, I want to I just wanted to make that point because, um, yeah, you know, the, the way we would deal with things like that are fraud. And, you know, another case of fraud is plagiarism, for example. Right. Um, the reason plagiarism is um, is so is wrong is like if, if I'm in university and I copy someone else's paper, I'm basically telling my professor that this is something I wrote, this is, uh, th this is my creative work. Um, and, and so I'm fooling him. I'm defrauding him in a sense. So, so what if you plagiarize in the public sphere, right? Like someone writes a book and you just start printing that same book claiming it's yours. There's no inherent contract with the public like there would be in a class. Well, you are defrauding the public though, by claiming that's your work, right? So, 
But um, it, you're, you don't have to claim it's your work. It's just work right. that exists that you're sure. printing, right? Sure, and, and you and can you do that. And you just published by Tim right. Rowan. And there, and there are a lot of books in the commons that, you know, where the, the copyright has, or the, uh, the, 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 I guess it would be the copyright has long yeah. since passed. Um, you know, I think like Mark Twain books and, and you know, all these classic authors you you and i could go and a happy birthday these. song finally is now right. part of the commons there we go right and so we can finally sing that without having to pay royalties to the to the artist and yeah. that sort of thing right so yeah you 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 can uh do that right and so um so this raises interesting questions and and people will and that this is the next point of pragmatism that people usually bring up to um to say well we need intellectual monopoly is to say, well, what what's the incentive then for an author like J.K. Rowling to write the Harry Potter series, or um, or a drug company to spend years in R and D re researching a drug if someone can immediately copy them, right? Mm -hmm. And and yeah, but I mean, but that's the same pro problem that that is present for any single business that you start that you might have a competitor in. Um, they, they can copy your ideas with impunity. There's nothing protecting your business, right? Other than maybe a trademark and maybe if you file some kind of patent, but most yeah. small businesses or businesses in general uh, just see a demand and meet that demand, right? So, And I guess that's a fair point because when you talk about, it's like an interesting gap I hadn't thought of between intellectual heavy industries and not intellectual heavy industries right if i right. develop a plane and it's a unique plane patents aside for specific parts it can be deconstructed by another company they buy one deconstructed and copy it and that's allowed um on a on the large scale right i'm sure right now right. there would be patented parts potentially um but yeah. so for a lot of industries your competition will rip you off and you see uh quite quickly that the the market would adapt to any new ideas which also it's that makes me think of the balance right because if we're talking about a free market it's hard to have a completely proper free market if there's government granted monopolies on really good ideas and and drugs yes, are something yes. that i particularly think of um, well and and kinsella thinks that uh, well makes a solid argument that um intellectual property laws are costing the economy trillions of dollars in the US uh, that they're killing people uh, because look you, you have to spend so much time like even if even if you aren't in favor of IP or you you're like Elon Musk and you give away everything you know all your uh, IP for free I mean you still have to go and file patents because if you don't someone else will they'll copy your idea then they'll be the first to file the patent. And yeah. next thing you know, you can't even make the very thing you created or invented. So you have to defend your your uh, your material property by filing IP. So you get into these IP wars. Um, and I and mean, there's really... also an entire industry in the US of people who just kind of buy up patents to sue yes. Apple and like other companies. Uh, and that's literally their business model is leeching off of the people who are actually producing with some of this technology absolutely absolutely yeah and and the other thing is you know people often say that without patents we wouldn't have innovation and creativity but you know it seems like all the evidence points the exact opposite direction that um 
that that we actually get higher rates of innovation and creativity when we don't have these um, the, these IP laws. Uh, and, and you just have to think about it for a second, right? Like every every idea we have, every any business you create, any even the words we speak, they are all built. These sentences are constructed off the uh, off the ideas of people you know, thousands of years ago, right, that have passed through time and evolved and been built on. And like Western civilization is essentially uh, a huge compendium of knowledge and ideas that has have just spread unadulterated, right? And, uh, and the degree to which you stop that spread of ideas and in a, is the degree to which you stop innovation from happening. You know, just, just look at the music industry, for example. You know, the, the bands like Metallica were, up in arms against Napster back in the day because, you know, what's the incentive going to be for bands to create music if fans or consumers can just get it for free off these file sharing services like Napster and LimeWire and, and these other things, right? Well, um, the problem is that, 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 you know, government just couldn't keep up with technology. They, could, they couldn't enforce this stuff, right? So whether yeah. there's IP or not, people are copying this information and enjoying it and using it and remixing it. And, you know, you have uh, people remixing it, mixing this music in creative ways. You, you have, uh, you know, more people being exposed to it than otherwise would. Now it sucks maybe for Metallica for a little bit because they, their, their ability to profit has been diminished, right? Because people don't need to go pay an arm and a leg to a gatekeeper to get their music anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, that other bands have learned to adjust their business model. So uh, I think it's, is it Nine Inch Nails? Um, I, I can't remember. There's, there's a few bands now that, that release their music for free because they know it's going to be copied anyways. And they, they try, they imagine that they're getting more fans that way because they're, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're getting into uh, creating your own online business or something, one thing you might want to do is write a book and put it out there for free to establish yourself as an expert, right? And then you yeah. have a funnel, right? And the next layer is, okay, come to my concert, okay? Yeah. Uh, we, and we're gonna have to charge a premium maybe, or, um, uh, you know, buy, buy our merch. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to work a little bit harder. You're gonna actually have to go out there and give fans what they want from you, uh, right? Rather than simply rest, using the state to, um, to basically enforce uh, some sort of profit stream for you. Um, you're going to have Dude. to work for your money, but, but you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Listeners of this podcast get a risk-free two week trial with Chad Kirkham at the warrior path. Check it out guys. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the warrior path and I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David, <laughs> I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing and I had to come back to the floor kick indoors, hump hose, fight fire, and I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I've, I've never felt better, to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it, was, it was a really slick application, actually. I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I, I put on, I think, about 50% on all my personal records in about a two-month period uh, working with the Warrior Path.
Do you think it provides a disincentive? So like the drug company example is an important one. Um, I do want to highlight, though, that actually uh, a few times on Dragon's Den and Shark Tank and also Botox generally, like they never filed patents because they to file a patent, you have to actually release the full compound and fully explain how it's made. And Botox was worried if they did that, they'd just be ripped off anyways. The patent wouldn't actually right. protect them. Yep. So they didn't file it and no one's been able to replicate them for you know decades. Uh, I'd read recently that someone claims they have. Um, but there was some examples on Shark Tank as well as the dragons asked, do you have a patent? And they said, no, uh, because if we file the patent, people would rip us off. We think we have something right. really unique here that no one else will be able to copy. Um, and right. so I don't file a patent. But do you think like, that seems at odds with, um, you know, at least the mega companies um, putting a lot of money behind R&D because as soon as they release something, the other mega company will, will will rip it off. But then it makes me think of like the the stereotypes of like corporate espionage, right? Like right, they protect right. their secrets. No one knows how to make Coke still. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, and and that's perfectly fine. Like you know, if you if you don't want other people copying your information, uh, you know, keep it to yourself. Like don't tell the world, you know, your your idea, and and people will never know it, and it'll be just in your head, right? Um, and that and that's perfectly fine. So yeah, see, secrets are 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 perfectly fine. Um, you know the the you know, and I, I would encourage you. There, there's a few writers on this Bolgen and Levine, I think also wrote a book on intellectual monopoly and they, they, you know, can sell up in his book and maybe we'll put them in, in the show notes below here, guys. So you can actually read these books and decide for yourself. You know, we're, we're not, I'm not doing this, uh, subject justice here just with my kind of, uh, uh, high level, uh, I guess summary of it. But if, if, you know, one, one book, attacks it from a kind of a pragmatic point of view like actually intellectual monopoly is harming innovation it's making us poor it's it's um it's undercutting uh innovation and yeah actually we would probably get more drugs to market and in shorter time if we didn't have these uh crazy ip laws that's Bolger and levine's book and then uh kinsella's book focuses more on just the principle of the thing from from a philosophical perspective how do we understand property and why is the thing called intellectual property actually not property but a property rights violation actually um that's more kinsella's book but you know the two hand in hand make make a pretty solid case and uh, you know, that if you're worried about innovation and you're worried about drugs coming to market, the first place you should look at is the regulatory agencies like the FDA, um, because, you know, that they are the ones that hold people back. I think in, in the last episode we talked about uh, or in a previous episode, we talked about drugs and how, uh, you know, we mentioned how Trump is trying to enact uh, right to try legislation. You know, th those are the kinds of things that create that stimulate innovation, letting people experiment, letting people try ideas without putting huge, uh, reg huge prohibitions on what they can and can't try. Uh, and, and, you know, the more people are trying things without having to go through uh, millions of dollars uh, of R&D for years to try to get approval, um, the, the better, I say. But One thing I want to highlight, or at least like I want to touch on and maybe talk about is what I would view as the objective view. I don't actually know the objective view. But like you said, you know, about 15, 20 minutes ago now, 
that it's about resources. And and if you know you can go and use the resources and, and they're yours um, if you kind of uh, homestead them or whatever. But intellect is a resource. Intelligence is a resource, in my opinion. Right. Like I'm using I'm I'm spending time and, and this is my this is my best resource of anything. Right. So right. is it about like, do you think there's just a requirement for me to, if I want to protect that resource, for me to find ways in which it cannot be copied, what I produce? Or um, what is your response to that? Because, you know, I, the idea is this is my work, right? This is my creative work. This is my output. What right do you have to it at all? Why do you have a right to my work? Right. So just because I've decided to put it, uh, to put it somewhere, you now have a right to it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I kind of do, don't I? I mean, you're like you're you're releasing it out into the world. These are ideas. Like, I, I mean, it would be like me saying, "Look, I came up with a new kind of walk." You know, boom. You know, and and, <laughs> and then pretty. And next thing I know, there's a kid copying me or something. I'm like, "Hey, you're riding my intellectual coattails here. I thought of that. I spent time thinking of this. I did the work to come up with that walk." And now you're reaping the benefits. Does that happen with choreography? Because that happens with music, right? Sure. Um, does it have? It, it is interesting to see like where the lines are currently drawn in society. Right. If someone like does the moonwalk, Michael Jackson can't sue them. But you know the people who wrote Blurred Lines had to pay you know a hundred million dollars because like a tune in yes. their tune yeah. was analyzed to have been similar. Right. right. And it's like, well, this guy wrote this tune, and it was the first time that tune was written like a you know a five note segment or something and, and, and like I mean, that where, seems ridiculous to me right and, and wherever you draw that, that line is going to be arbitrary right and and, and like you, you, there's no way to justify where that line is is drawn like what ideas or what patterns can i copy and what can't i copy you know wherever that line is drawn is just done on my feels and what my gut tells me and and kind of emotion right so we'll, what we try to do is derive things down to first principles and um and we say that property is our, our rivalrous material resources right and ideas aren't rivalrous material resources uh they're they're patterns patterns are not property because uh, patterns are just how your material property is arranged. And so, yes, it takes creativity and intellect and rationality to arrange um, to arrange resources in a pattern that's useful. Um, but that that I mean, every single thing we do, like if you had to somehow give credit or payment to to like like your ideas don't come out of a vacuum, right? They come out of uh, thousands of years of intellectual history that you're building on these ideas that you learned through school and all, all the way through. And so to try to trace back to how your new ideas that which are built on old ideas and couldn't have been built without those old ideas and without uh, the internet and without all sorts of things. Um, I mean, it, it's insane to think that you would have to pay royalties to every single thing down the line just because you thought of a new twist on an idea or and a new right, addition but, to an idea or something. But I think that's like where a new twist on an idea is at least something new. It's not just like when someone is copying, they know they're explicitly copying, right? Right. Um, 
I don't know. It seems like it's, you know, it's particularly an issue now or, or top of mind because of the Internet, right? We're talking yep. about, you know, if someone creates a television show, right, and, and they, like, does you think that anyone should be able to rip it and watch it for free? Because it can, like, it used to be that they'd need a physical DVD at least, right? Yep. Or, or they'd have to go to a movie theater, right? So it's very different now where... Un, like uh, it can be distributed unlimitedly, um, right. but so like should yeah. Game of Thrones be able well, to be distributed by other people for free everywhere? Yeah, let me say this. So, so if you are a projectionist at a theater, for example, and a new the new hottest movie comes out that everyone wants to see, and you uh, rip it from the the projector or whatever that they do and get a digital copy and release it to the internet, uh, you know, I think that. The, the movie, uh, you know, that that's wrong, right? You, you have, but it's not wrong because you copied. It's wrong because you violated a contract, whether implicit or explicit, that you have with your employer to not undercut them, right? Like it would be like me having a, an employee in my store going down to my co competitors and giving them the secret sauce to my uh, burger. Or So is that the same... If I get Netflix, I'm making a contract with Netflix, probably that says I won't rip yeah. their content. Right. Um, but but the reality is, then you can't control it though, because I if I violate that contract with Netflix and it, it gets released into the internet, everyone after that has no contract to stop stop producing that. Right. And so mm. listen, this is the, this is the thing. And I, and I get, I get the pushback and I totally sympathize with it. Um, if you work really hard on something and then someone else, you know, copies your idea, it sucks. You know, someone else is running with it. Like the PPC stole my platform. Okay. That's actually a good <laughs> thing. I, I want all political parties to steal my platform, but, um, but like the, the trick is, that entrepreneurship and value production comes in that creative space, not in the enforced pointing guns at people space, right? And and so, um, yeah, whatever you, whatever good idea you come up with, people are going to copy it in some way that they're illegally allowed. That is going to uh, limit your ability to make all sorts of money. Like it would be great if you had a monopoly on that one thing that you figured out um, on pizza restaurants. Like you spent a lot of time, you made some kind of contract, you got this Italian chef to release his secret recipe to you and you imported it over here. You spent all this money. <laughs> and you start, yeah. And it sucks if a competitor comes over there and rides your cocktails and say, hey, what's this pizza thing? Oh, that looks like a good idea. I'm going to start that business, right? Okay. They've done nothing other than look at, at a, your successful business and say, I'm going to do that. Um, well, and I think so it actually, it, it elevates the level of competition to who can make the best pizza and right. you can still have your secret sauce. You can still have the secret recipe that right. makes Domino's so much better than Pizza Pizza, for and, example. And, and, here's, and here's the thing, like if you're the original owner and you see competitors popping up, it's like, oh man, okay, now I got to figure out a new way to like provide value and make sure that like you can't rest on your laurels. And yeah, it, it, it would be nice if... I mean, it's like a government job to be able to rest on your laurels and not be creative and not do anything, right? I mean, you're going to get that paycheck regardless of whether you provide any value. Um, but ultimately, we are free marketeers and we 
don't think people should be prohibited from competing in the market. We don't think they should be prohibited from using their property and arranging it in any way they want, even if someone else thought of the idea of arranging property that way first. And, uh, and, and yeah, you're going, the- you're going to have to adjust and adapt and improvise and innovate, and you're going to have to do that constantly your whole life. Uh, to compete and but that's the reality in almost every other sphere of the free market but we narrow in on a few spheres and say well not here and i think it's uh like a lot of things it's go this is going to come to a head in the next couple of decades because the contrast between the new industry the internet industry and everything else is going to be so drastic right you can't really protect ip when you're making uber because you can make lyft right and like to, to say Uber had this idea and is the only one that can have an app that lets you hail a car ever would be a bit absurd, right? Like that's right. a trillion dollar worldwide industry. Well, and the, taxi the scale. Com- yeah, and taxi cab companies are, are essentially claiming some form of IP here, right? They, they want their monopoly protected. And so you see them up in arms and going to city government saying, shut these guys down, shut these people down from using their own property their vehicles in the way that they want to with consenting adults because we thought of the idea of using <laughs> property in that way first yeah right? and you know okay the the cab companies have i mean there, there's certainly legitimate gripes to ha- say look listen, i paid you know a hundred thousand dollars for this medallion for the right to you know and and this guy i didn't have to okay well maybe well, that licensing scheme shouldn't exist and you yeah. know you can think of ways to compensate people for that. Uh, but it's the licensing scheme itself, the monopoly scheme that created the damages and took the $100,000, not the Uber guy. So you shouldn't punish the Uber guy, right? Yeah, but I, I want to hone in on like the, the tech world specifically, right. right? Like it's going to be near impossible. I mean, we've already seen the government can't keep up, which is why it's kind of falling apart in it with, with this respect. But it's going to be near impossible to actually in try and enforce these things and have people not rip off operating systems and software and all of this stuff there's just too much um to track um but the other thing i want to identify is i still don't necessarily see it as moral right but that doesn't mean it should be illegal right like if i know microsoft created microsoft word and i can get it for free i don't think it's moral for me to steal it and get it from that way like in in my in my estimation and some people can disagree with that but like i still have the option and i you know when i was a broke student i was stealing microsoft word and now i'm paying for it because i think that's the right thing to do um you know i'm using a service that's that i think i should have a proper value exchange um and you know that's my opinion but i think that's also important um to identify that just because it's not illegal doesn't mean everyone should do it. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly, you know, uh, like I, I, I take use morality, I, I guess, in the only to to talk about violence. Essentially, uh, mm. you know, I, I basically say, look, using violence is immoral. Now, I guess you could say maybe it's not a virtue to copy an idea or something like that. Um, I. I'm not sure how, where you would draw that line or where you would feel like you like to me, it sounds a little bit like, you know, you, you've bought into the propaganda that comes at the beginning of the movies that says, you know, don't copy this on on pain of uh, FBI prosecution or something like that. Or, uh, you know, 
like like all this language is is essentially propaganda like that well, yeah it, it wasn't called intellectual property in the past it was called honestly what it was which was intellectual monopoly you're granting someone a monopoly and so um you know you have like microsoft has made billions off of using the government pointing guns at people uh and prohibiting them from using their own physical property in a way that Microsoft doesn't like. Right. And but that's I, what intellectual that property I, is. And so right. I wouldn't feel bad about, um, about copying their software or something like that. I mean, they're still going to find a way to make money, uh, whether you, you do that. That's or not. fair, but it's about a value trade, right? If you're sure. get it, if you think that you deserve yeah. all of this value for free because yes. you have a computer like, I don't believe that, right? Like, I think I'm right. going to be used. And I mean, you also see these companies tra changing a lot to a subscription-based service, right? Because um, yep. then it's like, I don't have yes. to buy, pay $500 up front for Word. I pay yeah. 10 bucks a month for my Microsoft suite of services and support and this other stuff, which makes yeah. sense. Like, I think that model shows uh, that they've adapted to the fact that everyone was stealing their stuff anyways. Um, yep. But I still think like if I know I'm getting consistent value, I do want to pay for that value. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's that that's fair. Right. And and so people should we should find a way to put a PayPal link on this podcast because we're giving you guys all sorts of juicy information well, and releasing like our Patreon intellectual and property. And you filthy entitled uh, viewers <laughs> aren't giving us anything like have some value proposition here return some value to us we're we're well, that's why your patreon mind. is a thing now right <laughs> patreon became a thing because people wanted to pay for their youtube content that they were getting for free right exactly yeah so i i, I agree with you i think you know an entitlement mentality isn't very good but i, I like your comments about how they switched their business model right and it's the same with like video editing you know i started using adobe a while ago and the thing i love about it is that you pay by the month and they're constantly updating their software and making it better and fixing little bugs and stuff like that you can't get that very easily from pirated software like the, the amount before, of time you have, yeah yeah and, and before so it's I, because I, they would wait like oh we're gonna do a next update in four years so right. we can make an excuse as to why they should pay us another five hundred dollars Exactly, exactly. In the meantime, in those four years, like if I didn't want to pay that, I think Final Cut Pro was like 1200 bucks or something like that. If I didn't want to pay that, I could find a ripped copy online and I could use it and, you know, and then it would be obsolete shortly and I'd have to figure out. But but the pain of, of having to figure out how to install it and having it kind of be glitchy and not having the support, you know, it it was great value to buy the Adobe monthly thing, even though I could probably get some video editor for free. And mm. uh, it, it was the same with music. Like I, I had a DJ business for a while and I just couldn't trust songs that I downloaded. Like the quality would be variable, right? Like it, yeah. it was better to get it off iTunes or a digital source that I trusted and pay the money because look, my livelihood relied on that music being a clean, uh, high quality version of, of the song I was trying to play to entertain my customers. And so, you know, there, there's no reason to think that, um, that you need to use the, the guns of government to force people to come to you to get, uh, to, to make, to, to pay money for your service. You, yeah. you can provide value. Like there's all sorts of value, uh, out there that people are willing to pay for. And you just have to find that you just can't use guns guys. I'm sure that there's going to be some people, like a bunch of people, you know, 
commenting about this, but I'm sure there sure. are some within science, within certain fields, some people would will make claims that like, well, this should be protected in some way. But the like what what my brain is kind of taking as the summary of this conversation is two main things. One is the software industry and the tech industry proves that it's pretty much impossible to actually do and it wouldn't and like it's not worthwhile nor is it correct that these mega companies because they Facebook thought of social media that no one should be able to copy social media right like right. Snapchat did stories Instagram ripped it off almost immediately because that's just how it is and and to say they shouldn't be able to is is absurd and the tech industry makes that very clear and on the other side the second summary point is stuff like Botox Coca-Cola Pepsi, right? These people have had their formula for decades and decades and decades without government protection because they protected their secret formula. Right. So it's still possible if it's actually good enough and the people want it and you protect it. So right. I don't see why, right now at least, I don't see why it would need, be needed. But I am interested in reading specifically the objectivist viewpoints on this. Yeah and having a further conversation after I read up yeah. on their side of the argument. Absolutely. And, and we're not dogmatic here, guys. Listen, post your best arguments below. <laughs> uh, I, I, and, and, you know, maybe we'll revisit this and, and maybe yeah. we'll even have you on the podcast to, to explain to us or explain to me, really. I'm the, I'm the instigator here. Explain yeah. to me why I'm wrong <laughs> and you're right. And, and I would happily change my mind if I'm, if I'm, proven wrong but uh guys read that read the two articles that we're going to post below on this uh and let us know your thoughts and and, and really pick apart those arguments because they're they're well laid out and made down down there and they're 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 there they're free um read those and and check it out and i understand this is a contentious issue many of my party members uh will not agree with this uh you know but i, I calls them as i sees them uh, I'm not here to please everyone. I'm just here to speak my truth as authentically, courageously as I can. And, uh, and you know, I, I have this motto that um, uh, to, to, uh, to hold beliefs, um, hold strong beliefs weekly. Let's put it that way, right? So if I believe, if I think, okay, this is probably right, I'm going to hold that belief strongly, but I'm going to have my mind very easily changed. So I'm sure you can change my mind easily, yeah. but please, you know, uh, keep the comments constructive, uh, make sure they're actual arguments and not just, Oh, you guys are crazy. Oh, you know, mopey moan at it again or whatever. Right. Yeah. So another way to put that is, uh, my friend and I say we're certain until otherwise. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good, good way of putting it. Cool. Well, yeah, this was interesting and definitely has my mind turning. So thanks, Tim. Thank you.